drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Welcome back to the program. We're going to have a great show today. Here's the question. Are the states the last line of defense for federal overreach? We've talked about this before, but joining us today is going to be Timothy Gordon to talk about the 14th Amendment and its role to take away the state's ability to legislate on issues like morality, for instance, um, homosexual marriage, pornography, contraception, all of those things. Uh, So we'll have a conversation with Timothy Gordon at 35 past the hour about the 14th Amendment. And I'm seeing this right now. There's an interview out just this morning with Governor uh, Texas, uh, rather Texas AG Ken Paxton, who uh, is talking about this very issue, federal overreach and what states do and can do. So this is definitely a growing trend and a growing topic around the country. So we're going to be talking about that 35 past the hour. Also, Christine Niles from Church Militant rejoins the program. She hasn't been on in a little while, but she has a brand new spotlight out. It's not an easy spotlight to get through. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, more sex scandal cover up uh, from Rome all the way into the United States and beyond. And we're going to have a conversation with Christine Niles about her spotlight. By the way, uh, some big stories last night. Uh, Project Veritas released their whistleblower from the uh, uh, Department of uh, Health and Human Services uh, in relation to uh, to the, the vaccine. So that dropped last night. And then there was a video clip with Tucker Carlson uh, who obtained a screenshot of a PowerPoint, uh, uh, what do you call those things, the PowerPoint slide from the U.S. military embracing the tenets of Satanism in order to put a thumb in the eye of Christians serving in the military in relation to the vaccine. I was utterly appalled by that. I couldn't believe it. If time permits, we'll play that. I'll play a clip of that. So there's a lot in the news today and a lot of conversation to be had. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Yeah, I definitely, I saw the, I was just watching the Project Veritas this morning. Uh, very interesting. Yeah, I think it got video. taken down already on uh, Instagram, maybe Facebook as well, I think has already removed it. Last time I checked it, it's still up on YouTube though. Yeah, I was just watching it on YouTube this morning, so uh, we'll see how long that lasts. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Speaking of that, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Amen. Praise be to God. Absolutely. Uh, So lots to talk about. Oh, the other thing we forgot to mention, yesterday we talked about um, vaccines being used as a gateway to the sacraments in a diocese in Canada. Right after the show, what happened, Adrian? Oh, yeah. Right on the live during the Bree Dale show, she texted me as we're setting up for the show, we'll hop on in a second, breaking news, scrambling, and uh, and she's like running around, and uh, then the show starts, she's like literally broke 10 minutes ago, uh, the Vatican has now, uh, re- has now issued a requirement to have the green passport, which is to say that you have to have uh, the vaccine or a COVID test two days 
before uh, coming into the Vatican. Vatican so, City. Vatican City. Now, mm-hmm. it, I think it remains to be seen, does that include uh, the liturgies in St. Peter's? Uh, that has yet to be seen. St. John Lateran. So that's the other thing uh, Bree was pointing out. She said the uh, crazy thing is it did not go through the press office, so they didn't get asked questions. It came straight from the Vatican, and they were like, they said the press office didn't. She said uh, her friends at the press office office didn't even know that it was about to be released. <laughs> that's pretty strange, don't you think? Yeah, very strange. Oh, wow. So there you go. Some breaking stories right away, but we're going to have a lot to get into today. Praise be to God. And real quick, before I pray and we jump in, I want to mention that I'm giving away, or at least uh, uh, Recorded Books is giving me the opportunity to give away four copies of an audiobook of the Fellowship of the Rings. So if you know any Lord of the Rings fans, tell them to pay attention because Andy Serkis, the guy who uh, played the character of Gollum, of Smeagol, in the films, he also played Snoke, he played a bunch of characters. Well, he has narrated this brand new audiobook. It was just released by Recorded Books uh, on the Fellowship of the Ring, and it's very good. My, uh, my family and I have been listening to it. Very, very good. I'm giving four free copies away this week, this Thursday. Uh, we're going to have Joseph Pierce on the program to talk about the Catholic faith of J.R.R. Tolkien and whether or not that is the lens through which to properly see the Lord of the Rings universe, the, that's fantasy fiction. So we're going to have that conversation on Thursday. Thursday night, I'm sending an email to the CD insiders with the uh, with the instructions on how you could possibly win one of four free copies of this t- almost 23 hour long download of the Fellowship of the Rings narrated by Andy Serkis himself so be sure you're on our email list if you want to get in on that and you can do that on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt let's pray in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Ghost Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do we come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Janice Valenzuela. Good morning, friends. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janice, and here are your headline news for this morning. From Catholic Vote, Democrats in the House of the Representatives will vote Friday to pass legislation that would enshrine the right to abortion in federal law. The Women's Health Protection Act, which Republicans' opponents have remarked as the Abortion on Demand Act, would permanently destroy all future state-level legislation to protect the unborn. If the bill passes the House this Friday, it is not expected to pass the Senate, where, where it would need 60 vote. 60 votes to overcome a filibuster. President Joe Biden has referred to the effort favorably as a plan to codify Roe versus Wade into federal law, and he has pledged numerous times to sign the bill into law. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops wrote an urgent message decry- decrying the legislation this week, calling the bill, quote, the most radical abortion bill of our time, end quote. From the Vatican City, the Vatican City will now require a green pass to all visitors. The Vatican City announced on Monday that it will begin requiring a so-called green pass for entry on October 
first, as of October 1st, 2021, entry into the Vatican is permitted exclusively to persons holding the Vatican Green Pass, i.e. the European Green Pass or foreign green COVID certification, proving vaccination recovery or negative rapid molecular or antigenic test, reported by Catholic journalist Diane Montage. From LifeSite News, New York and California hospitals reverse religious exemption denials after workers fight vaccine mandates. Two hospitals have backtracked on hundreds of rejected religious exemption requests for COVID-19 COVID vaccination requirements in the wake of lawsuit threats and recent legal victory for New York healthcare workers. From LifeSite News, effective as of September 22nd, the Canadian province of Ontario will be implementing vaccine passport measures. Currently, almost 80% of residents ages 12 and up have taken the jab, which leaves 20% of vaccine-eligible Canadians banned from a variety of non-essential services, which with almost 13 million people over the age of 12 in the province, millions of Canadians will be banned from accessing a host of businesses and activities. From Catholic Vote from Life's, and LifeSite News, a University of California professor filed a lawsuit against the school's president board of regents COVID-19 vaccine mandate, asserting that those with natural immunity should not be forced to take the vaccine. From Catholic Vote, a former U.S. Border Patrol chief, Rodney Scott, warned that the agency is rapidly losing the situational awareness required to know who or what is entering into our homeland. As turmoil continues at the southern southern border, as chief, I was the most senior official resident for border security between ports of entry, he noted. Quote, I witnessed the unprecedented shift in border security and immigration policy that was initiated under the Biden administration on January 20th, 2021. From Catholic vote, the U.S. Supreme Court has set the date of December 1st to begin hearing arguments in case that have directly challenged the Constitution of Roe v. Wade in the 1973 ruling that legalized abortion in all 50 states. The case ca calls Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health will decide the valid the the validness of the Mississippi law that bans abortions after 15 weeks of gestation. On December, in December, attorneys will begin presenting arguments against a lower court ruling which stopped the Mississippi pro-life law. And lastly, from Indiana's largest hospital system, which has imposed a vaccine mandate for medical employees, has resulted in 125 employees leaving their jobs and more than 300 of them have been suspended, leaving a short staff in the hospital of Indiana. And these are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Tuesday. The saint of the day is St. Francis Jacquard, who was born on the 16th of September, 1799 at Onion, France. 
He studied at the seminaries in Milan and then uh, Chambéry in France in 1819. He became a member of the Society of Foreign Missions of Paris, a priest and a missionary to Cochin, China in 1824. He went to Mako in 1825 and Tonkin, not Tolkien, and Tonkin in 1826. He was arrested more than once for preaching Christianity. He was pardoned because of his skill as a translator, which was useful to the king. However, he gained too many converts, and in 1838, he was arrested, tortured, and murdered for his faith. He became one of the martyrs of Vietnam. He was strangled to death on the 21st of September, 1838, in Nan Bao, Quang Tri, in Indochina, which is modern-day Vietnam. He was canonized on the 19th of June, 1988, by Pope John Paul II. Saint Francis Jacquard. Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter nine, verses nine through thirteen. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the customs post. He said to him, "Follow me," and he got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisees saw this and said to his disciples, "Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners?" He heard this and said, "Those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of these words: I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners." The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Saint Chrysostom said, "Why is it then that nothing is said of the rest of the apostles, uh, how or when they were called, but only Peter, Andrew, James, John, and Matthew, because these were in the most alien and lowly stations? For nothing can be more disreputable than the office of publican; nothing more abject than that of fisherman." I love that. I got a laugh out of that. I thought it was funny today. Saint John Chrysostom, pray for us. Well, you know,、uh, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is quoting from Hosea six here.、Um, Hosea six six. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, the knowledge of God, rather than the burnt offerings. And this is fascinating because of the reference here to the northern tribes of Israel after King Solomon, when his son took over, the split、uh, between the tribes of Israel, the north、uh, set up. Uh, idols, golden calves, as a matter of fact, and prevented their people from going south to the temple to worship God, and so they reinstituted the pagan worship of idolatry, and this became a major problem among the people. And Hosea was going out of great charity and love for their souls to preach a word to to win them back, and our Lord is doing the same here with Matthew and all the sinners like you and me. It's not about just giving a pass. It's about charity, because the time of mercy is going to come to an end, and the time of judgment is coming. Let us take advantage of the grace and sacraments before it's too late. We'll be right back. Christine Alice is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Do you know any Lord of the Rings fans? Well, you could possibly win one of four free downloads of the brand new audio book narrated by Gollum. Andy Circus himself. I don't think the riders will want to be bothered with me now. Though, of course, the king did say that I was to sit by him when he came to his house and tell him all about the Shire. Yes, said Aragorn, and your road lies with him. I think, Merry.
But do not look for mirth at the end. If you would like to try to win one of four free copies, downloads of this nearly 23-hour-long production by Andy Serkis, make sure to tune in to our interview with Joseph Pierce on Thursday at 6.30 a.m. Central, and then sign up to our email list on our website. But for myself and any that will go with me, I, for one, cried Legolas, and Gimli with him. You must be on our email list. Sign up at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. We are killing unborn children by the millions. But how many men should be here? But where have all the good men gone? Where are you? Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. It is good to be on with you. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation with Timothy Gordon about the 14th Amendment. Uh, about subsidiarity, about states' rights and their ability to legislate things like morality, for instance, um, homosexual marriage, pro- uh, pornography, contraception, those kinds of issues. And I find it very interesting, especially given the the wave of states who are trying to express their rights uh, in the face of federal overreach. So that's coming up at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now is Christine Niles from Church Militant. Good morning to you, Christine. It's good to see you again. Good to see you too, Joe. Uh, I wish I could say uh, it was great to see your spotlight. I mean, it is great, but it's also <laughs> gut wrenching. It's you also it? yes, it's just it's hard. It's just, I mean, yeah. it's necessary. But golly, gee is is it hard to get through? Tell us about it. It's it's pretty mind blowing. Um, uh, you know, it's if I could just boil it down to a nutshell, it once again exposes this clerical network that stretches from the Midwest to Rome. And really, the reason that it was first brought to public attention is because of this $125 million lawsuit that was filed by Anthony Gorgia, who's the former seminarian of the Pontifical North American College in Rome, also known as the NAC. And the NAC is considered, you know, it's, it's the premier U.S. seminary in Rome. Um, a, a huge parade of cardinals, archbishops, bishops are counted as alumni. And, uh, you know, a, a very prestigious, it's uh, nicknamed the Bishop Maker. And he claims in his lawsuit that he witnessed homosexual predation between the vice rector, Adam Park, who has since resigned, and one of the subordinate seminarians. And essentially, he, because of knowing too many secrets, knowing too much about this clerical network going on at the NAC, he was essentially ousted by Father Peter Harmon, who is the rector um, and according to the lawsuit, in collusion with Cardinal Dolan and various others in power, he got ousted and then he sued Cardinal Dolan, Father Peter Harmon, the NAC. And there are all sorts of details that are, are exposed in that lawsuit. Now buried on page 36 of that lawsuit are very shocking allegations that Father Harmon took part allegedly in what can only be called an orgy in Springfield because that Springfield diocese, that's where father Harmon is from Mm. the Springfield diocese. And that one of the participants was the current archbishop of Omaha, Nebraska, George Lucas, who's at the time was Bishop of Springfield. Now all of this 
is very difficult to believe as an average layman. It's not hard for me to believe because this is the sort of stuff that I cover all the time as an investigative reporter. You know, I mean, I, I, you saw the spotlight involving, um, well, you may have Father Peter McQuelly in New York and all the weird stuff he was involved in and the whole clerical network that's, that protected him. When that first came out, nobody wanted to believe it, but it all turned out to be completely true. And in this case, you have a whistleblower, Anthony Gorgia, who's suffering retaliation for what he saw at the NAC. But then it traces back to a whistleblower in 2004, Thomas Munoz, who saw this alleged orgy, participated in it, um, and then he exposed it after he was, you know, suffered retaliation and threats from these clergy. Um, and uh, right now, interesting development, we actually got a legal threat letter from Bishop Kevin Van. Mm. Bishop Van was named as someone at this alleged orgy. He didn't participate, but according to Thomas Munoz, he was there. He's the one who let him in. So he was aware. And just yesterday, we got a, a letter from his attorney basically saying, if we air this spotlight, they would sue us for defamation. Now, we responded and basically told them, go pound sand um, <laughs> nicely, <laughs> uh, because we're very confident in all of our reporting. Uh, and we have a number of reasons to believe that this whistleblower is very credible, Thomas Munoz. Um, you know, one of the things that they do to these men that, that they kind of use for sex, all of them come from troubled, poor backgrounds. All of them have some sort of criminal history, run-ins with the law. It doesn't make their testimony any less true. Um, for instance, Bishop Daniel Ryan was Bishop Lucas's predecessor in Springfield. This man was outed as one of the worst homosexual predators in the U.S. hierarchy. He resigned in, in disgrace. Um, and he had a habit of essentially picking up underage male prostitutes, you know, statutory rape, living with some of them, paying them. Now, these men had criminal past, criminal histories, but it doesn't make their testimony about sexual encounters with the clergy any less true. Um, I would say the same thing applies to this fellow Thomas Munoz, who did have a criminal history of burglarizing, but on that fact alone, they tried to, um, you know, throw out his testimony, say he was not, not credible. Uh, but and how does um, this have, connect with uh, Rome? Because uh, you mentioned how this is a connection from the Midwest to Rome. So what's the connection with Rome? Father Harmon is rector of the NAC in Rome. Oh, wow. In okay, the so, NAC, the, yeah. so the North American College is uh, not in the U.S.? No, no, that's in Rome. Oh, wow. Pontifical North American College. It's the U.S. seminary that, would that was established in Rome in the 1800s. And it's specifically for American seminarians to go study there. And it's a very prestigious place. That's why it's called the Bishop Maker. Because generally, if you're approved to go to the to the NAC, uh, you can pretty. It's pretty much guarantees you're going to have a pretty great clerical career. Wow! You, know, you might go on to be bishop, archbishop, cardinal. Why do you uh, see one of the things that's always troubled me about the sex abuse scandals that have been now very prevalent for the last few decades? is there seems to be a tolerance for homosexual adult, air quotes here, consensual uh, homosexual behavior. And then, of course, everything is focused on minors and, you know, abuse of minors. And yet, how little is mentioned the abuse of these seminarians put in these difficult situations and how many seminarians feel pressured to go along because their priestly life is on the, on the hook here. Goodman. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I know that it was probably at its worst in the 70s and 80s. And then under Pope John Paul II, he did try to clean up the seminaries. And so 
there was some cleanup that took place, which is good, but it's not as good as it should be. There's still um, homosexuals who are in power in many American seminaries. And we've heard so many stories about just good, solid young men committed to the church, committed to being great priests. Um, and they're essentially driven out because they, they kind of face the homosexual cabal at these seminaries. And sometimes they're hit on, you know, other times they're just sort of persecuted. Um, and then they just decide, you know what, this is not the place for me. And so all these good men are driven out. And then you've got, you know, these homosexual or homosexual friendly men who are left in place to then go on to be ordained. And that's still happening today far more than Catholics realize. Do you think we're going to see more? I, I feel like today we're already seeing the, the, the divisions. You've got those dioceses versus the other dioceses. You've got the liberals versus the conservatives. You've got orthodox versus modernists, that kind of thing going on in the church. Do you think it's going to get worse? Do you think seminarians are going to, before they enroll in a seminary, just have to pick and choose their team and then maybe move to a diocese where they feel like they'll have uh, more of an experience according to their bent? Do you see that as a thing? Well, divisions are definitely becoming more in focus these days. I mean, the, the lines are definitely becoming more, things are becoming definitely more polarized. Um, and I hate to say this, it is true, yes, uh, seminarians will be moving into different dioceses according to, you know, what they think is a safe seminary. But now more and more, we just hear from people saying, well, I just don't want to go at all. I used to want to go, but now I don't trust seminaries mm, at all wow. anymore, which is a very sad thing. Mm. Um, and I hate to say this just about myself, when my son was born, He's 15 now, but when he was born, my greatest wish was that he become a priest. And, you know, I followed the ar example of Archbishop Sheen's mother. When Sheen was born, his mother consecrated him to Our Lady and, you know, prayed that he become a priest. I did the same thing with my son. But right now, I have to be honest with you, I'd be like, there's no way. There's just no seminary right now that I trust. If I could find one that I trusted, yes. But right now, I I'm terrified about what would happen to my son mm -hmm. in seminary. So yeah, I think that's the case with many people out there right now. I agree. I know personally, so anybody who like thinks that this is not as prevalent, I know personally many seminarians who've had these kind of encounters. And I have also known uh, current priests who uh, left their seminary and their diocese to join other seminaries and dioceses because they felt that the, uh, the other seminary and other diocese would be uh, safer for them. So it is a real problem, and people, I, most people I don't think realize how much of a serious issue it is. Um, yeah. A little bit pivoting, uh, the, the Persecuted Priest Summit and the uh, Seminarian Summit that y'all had at uh, Church Militant, could you talk about that real quickly? We have uh, about uh, four minutes or three minutes left in our conversation. The Seminarian Summit or the Priest Summit? Uh, both of them. Okay, yeah, sure. So first we had a Persecuted Priest Summit, which was wonderful. We had nine priests come out who essentially are being persecuted by their own bishops in their dioceses from various different dioceses. Um, and, you know, we brought them all together in one place and that's and interviewed them. And that's never been done before ever in the his history of Catholic media. And we're going to do it again. We're going to do that again in Baltimore because um, we're going to be there for that rally. Um, and we're going to bring I think we're going to bring this time 12 priests to be up there. Um, and so they shared their stories. And um, then we had after that persecuted seminarian summit. So they came and also spoke in one room together about their experiences in seminary, why they were driven out, why they were told they didn't have a vocation, et cetera. And it, it just seems that the common theme among a lot of these is this homosexual cabal infiltration um, that drove these straight, solid men out. 
So, um, but yeah, I, I, I mentioned Baltimore. Right now, we're in the middle of a lawsuit, um, as, as many people know, and we had a partial victory recently over that. Um, the judge ruled in our favor, basically saying, you can go ahead and have your rally in Baltimore, November 16th, um, right across the way from the U.S. Bishops Conference in Baltimore. Uh, we believe that the U.S. Bishops were involved in trying to get us canceled. Um, they've been trying to get us canceled for years and years and years. What's the this connection there attempt. with the bishops? Right. Yeah, yeah. So what what is the connection in in Baltimore between the uh, the bishops and uh, in the city of Baltimore that you are able to that you are saw? Uh, th- well, that's where they have their annual meeting. They have their annual meeting at the bishops uh, the Baltimore Waterfront Marriott Hotel in uh, right near Pier Six in the Inner Harbor of Baltimore. That's where they have their meeting every single year. So all the bishops come together there. Our rally is literally going to be across the way, across a little canal in direct view of the bishops. Wasn't it? That's that's where it was, uh, what, uh, 2019? 18. 2018. uh, When Grimes was there. Correct. James Grimes, that was the very first time he ever, you know, went public. First time ever he, you know, came public and told his story. So we had the same rally back then, no problems. This time, you know, we scheduled the same rally, and then the city came out with some excuse that you know they're afraid of violence and we had connections to january 6th was completely <laughs> ridiculous really baseless <laughs> oh yeah yeah it was completely ridiculous and baseless they canceled our rally we we sued them said you, you're trying to you're trampling on our free speech i love that and that they they throw in january 6th they're so arbitrary like that <laughs> I, I know they're well they're weaponizing january 6th of now. course yes it's wash it. free speech that's so. the world we live in but uh, all right well praise be to god we're just about out of time here christine niles has this brand new spotlight out and i wish i could say it's uh, it's pleasant it's joyful it's great <laughs> it is well produced i'll give it that but it's a gut punch it's a hard it's a hard truth but it's one we have to be aware of and obviously be praying and sacrificing for for clarity because clarity is charity and and the light of christ to be shed into this dark space here so christine thank you for your time today god bless you. you god love you and have god a great bless. day god bless all right we're gonna go to a break we're gonna come back we're gonna have breaking news and stories with janice and then tim gordon's gonna be on to talk about the 14th amendment the law of subsidiarity and how states can push back against federal overreach all that's coming up next don't go anywhere Do you know any Lord of the Rings fans? Well, you could possibly win one of four free downloads of the brand new audiobook narrated by Gollum, Andy Serkis himself. I don't think the riders will want to be bothered with me now. Though, of course, the king did say that I was to sit by him when he came to his house and tell him all about the Shire. Yes, said Aragorn, and your road lies with him, I think, Merry. But do not look for mirth at the end. If you would like to try to win one of four free copies, downloads of this nearly 23-hour-long production by Andy Serkis, make sure to tune in to our interview with Joseph Pierce on Thursday at 6.30 a.m. Central, and then sign up to our email list on our website. But for myself and any that will go with me, I, for one, cried Legolas, And Gimli with him. You must be on our email list. Sign up at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for this morning. From LifeSite News, Biden's multi-trillion dollar spending plan will devastate religious liberty and the U.S. economy. Democrats in Congress are moving quickly to advance Biden's multi-trillion dollar Build Back Better plan, which threatens to impose a radical pro-LGBT socialist agenda. Religious freedom and economic stability in Joe Biden's America could take a major hit in the coming months. A Canadian archbishop is insisting that only the vaccinated can attend mass. The Archdiocese of Moncton is complying with strict restrictions imposed by the province of New Brunswick. Fewer than 50 people have died from COVID-19 in the province of this Canadian Archbishop Diocese since the pandemic began, according to the government statistics. From LifeSite News, Educators for Human Rights voice strong opposition for COVID-19 measures in Ontario schools. A group of educators, were education, education teachers, will, will have slammed the province mandatory vaccination and testing policies implemented in schools in an open letter on September 8th. From Epic Times, Washington, D.C. Mayor Mural on Monday announced that all teachers, school personnel, and early child care workers in the in the district must be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 by November 1st as a condition of employment, eliminating an earlier testing option. From Epic Times, the United Airlines CEO has said that they are prepared to require vaccination mandates if the Biden administration does mandate it for airline workers and airline travelers. The chief executive officer has said that they will comply with these new mandates if necessary. From Epic Times, soaring gas prices have threatened to push up winter fuel bills, hurt consumption, and exacerbate a new term spike in inflation are another blow to a world economy just getting back on its feet after the coronavirus shock. From Epic Times, authorities in Mexico have started blocking buses of migrants from reaching communities in the U.S.-Mexican border and plan to start deporting Haitians back into their home country. And lastly, from Blaze News, the Biden administration plans to fly Haitians from the U.S. to Haiti beginning this Sunday, an official said, according to the Associated Press. The outlets have reported that the details have not been made final, though with effort will probably entail five five to eight flights daily. And these are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Tuesday. Praise be to God in all things. Here's a question. Are there any Lord of the Rings fans out there? Uh, I, they're huge Lord of the Rings fans at my place and uh, maybe your place too. I don't know. My kids love J.R.R. Tolkien and, uh, and we have been big fans for a long time. But now here's the good news. You might remember the actor who when played Gollum or, or Smeagol 
in the Lord of the Rings films and The Hobbit, uh, Andy Serkis. Well, he has just narrated a brand new copy of The Fellowship of the Rings, 23 hours long, almost. It's not quite, but it's it's just not far off. 23 hours uh, of this recorded material, unabridged version, and it is excellent. High-quality production is very good, and Andy, his character acting ability is really, really, really good, and uh, it's, it's definitely a winner. So here's the deal. Uh, I reached out to his people. They've given me four copies of this brand new book produced by Recorded Books to give away to you, the audience. So praise be to God for that. And if you would like to chance to win one of four of these uh, free uh, copies of this Fellowship of the Ring narrated by Andy Serkis, well, here's what you need to do. You need to listen to our show on Thursday with Joseph Pierce as we dive into the Catholicism of J.R.R. Tolkien. And we ask the question, is that the proper lens through which to see the Lord of the Rings? We're going to ask that to Joseph Pierce on Thursday. And then Thursday night, I'm going to send an email to the CDT insiders with the instructions on how you could win one of four free copies of this uh, audiobook, which again is excellent. So make sure you're on our email list if you want to win one of those copies. All you need to do is go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT to get a copy for yourself. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And you can uh, click the CDT insider email and sign up. And by by the way, you immediately get a copy of Father Bill Casey's talk on uh, the State of the Union of the Church, where we're at today, where we're headed, and what we need to do to live in a state of grace in spite of the scandals. Uh, So uh, go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt to get a copy of that. Joining us right now via Zoom chat, well, sort of anyway, his video is sort of crooked, but uh, Timothy Gordon is here from the Rules for Retrogrades. He's also, by the way, got a uh, brand new retrograde classical academy, uh, which is open, where he teaches history and Latin and even math is thrown in there, scripture and U.S. history and a lot of other things. You can find all of that information on his website, timothygordon.com. Good morning to you, Timothy. How are you? Praise be to God, I am alive, and that counts. How are you, sir? Are you there? We lost you. You're on mute again. Uh, all right. Well, we'll let him get sort of sorted that out. I want to bring something up real quick. We're going to be talking about uh, a video he did on uh, the 14th Amendment. And uh, here's an interesting story that broke this morning. Supreme Court to hear Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban case on December 1st. Uh, very, very interesting. Uh, the Hill reports the Supreme Court announced Monday it will hear arguments December the 1st on a Mississippi abortion restriction that poses a direct challenge to the landmark 1973 ruling of Roe v. Wade. Oral arguments will take place. Oral arguments will take place just a few months after the court's recent move to allow Texas's six weeks abortion ban to take effect, a ruling that left abortion opponents hopeful about their prospects in the upcoming dispute over Mississippi's 15 week uh, ban. Now, I find this fascinating, one, because wouldn't it be amazing to see Roe v. Wade overturned? Praise be to God. But one of the points that we invited Timothy to talk about, and he had a video out on his YouTube channel. Uh, on this very subject uh, about how to uh, how to get rid of pornography and contraception, homosexual marriage, these other types of things in your state, and it all boils down to the Fourteenth Amendment and states' rights, which after the Civil War changed dramatically uh, as compared to before the Civil War. And we were going to have that conversation. Hopefully, he'll we'll get him back. He's having some Zoom trouble here, but he should be reconnecting any second now. Good morning to you, Tim. Are you there? 
Timothy? Hey, sorry about that. See if this is a little better. All right. Well, praise be to God. We're, we're up against the clock, so let's jump in. Tell me how uh, – we have about uh, four, four minutes or so before the break. Tell me how the 14th Amendment changed everything when it came to uh, subsidiarity, states' rights, the ability to legislate morality at a local level. Well, it's really simple. Literally, the 14th Amendment, sometimes called the New Constitution – changed the ability of individual states, what we call the several states in the Constitution, to legislate for itself, specifically to make things illegal, things like porn, contraception, sodomy, gay marriage, and abortion, which were all illegal before the passage of the 14th Amendment, before a a particular interpretation of the passage of the 14th Amendment. Uh, It it made all of those things illegal to be illegal. Also, the 14th Amendment made it illegal for the individual states to establish some sect of Christianity, which eight of the 13 original states had established. So the 14th Amendment, often assumed by do-gooders and, you know, nationalists to be the only way to uh, federally, morally govern, did much, much wicked evil. One of the points you make in your video that I referenced a minute ago over on his uh, YouTube channel, and the title is called Can Porn and Contraception Be Outlawed? We'll link to it. Um, was the sheer length of the 14th Amendment in, in comparison to the other amendments. Why do you... Uh, believe the 14th Amendment is so, I mean, it's like modern papal encyclicals. They just go on and on and on. Why was the 14th so long? That's a good question. I mean, the 14th Amendment was long because it was intended, I would say, to, to, to be the new constitution. Lots of its defenders will say this was just the post-World War II court, uh, SCOTUS, that interpreted it this way. But the proof is, in fact, all of the different clauses you have not just the the original clause of the 14th Amendment itself, which was uh, the citizenship clause for freed slaves, which is basically unproblematic. But except you also have the, the, you know, the privileges and immunities clause, the second due process clause, the equal protection clause, and especially these latter two clauses are where all of those pernicious uh, novelties came from at the level of jurisprudence. Uh, what fascinates me about that is how how they were able to get this ratified, even through the southern states. Do you have any input on that? Uh, yeah, well, it's a famous ratification. Remember, the southern states always were the muscle in the very early United States of America. Uh, Virginia was the most important state. You know, five of the first six presidents came from there, et cetera, et cetera. It remained that way through all the antebellum years and into the Civil War. Now, Hold that thought. Sorry, Tim, to cut you off, but that music means we're up against a break. We're going to be right back. It's a short break. More with Timothy Gordon on the 14th Amendment and how this affects the morality, such as pornography, contraception, gay marriage, and more. All that coming up next on Catholic Drive Time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Do you know any Lord of the Rings fans? Well, you could possibly win one of four free downloads of the brand new audiobook narrated by Gollum. 
Andy Serkis himself. I don't think the riders will want to be bothered with me now, though of course the king did say that I was to sit by him when he came to his house and tell him all about the Shire. Yes, said Aragorn, and your road lies with him, I think, Mary. But do not look for mirth at the end. If you would like to try to win one of four free copies, downloads of this nearly 23-hour-long production by Andy Serkis, make sure to tune in to our interview with Joseph Pierce on Thursday at 6.30 a.m. Central, and then sign up to our email list on our website. But for myself and any that will go with me, I, for one, cried Legolas, and Gimli with him. You must be on our email list. Sign up at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Timothy Gordon is our guest. Uh, We're talking about uh, a recent video he put on his website entitled, Can Porn and Contraception Be Outlawed? And it uh, comes down to the 14th Amendment, which we've been talking about. And just before the break, Timothy, you were telling us about, I asked you about how how is it possible to get this lengthy um, new amendment ratified post-Civil War, uh, especially through the southern states. You were saying? More or less, it wasn't. It wasn't legal to get it ratified. It, it wasn't ever legally ratified, many argue. Essentially, the southern states, who remember, were, were told by Lincoln for the previous four to seven years that they were not out of the Union. They never were out. They were told in 1868, if you want back in, sign, it was essentially sign this, ratify this at the point of a sword. What I was saying just before the break is the Southern states still held the preponderance in the Congress. There's still the muscle. And they simply were refusing to ratify the 14th until they were in fact told ratify this at the point of a sword. Very, very, very fishy stuff. Well, so here's the thing here. If we have these, uh, these things, we have uh, abortion, we have contraception, we have homosexual marriage and the like. And so, so these things are various different scales of uh, violating the natural law and violating uh, human uh, human life. And so, can we ban things like? So, obviously, I would say abortion. That's a clear cut case. It's a murder uh, should be banned. But you know, then you have the argument. People will point to St. Thomas and say, "Well, St. Thomas said that not necessarily we should ban." Um, uh, the prostitutes, we shouldn't make that necessarily illegal. And so people make that argument. Can you explain the distinction between ideas like banning nationally uh, abortion versus some other things? Well, first off, I want to emphasize that this, this is the whole point of my video. Everyone has been brainwashed by the toxins of Abraham Lincoln. We don't want to do everything nationally. The, the point is that our real republic in America, it's called an imperium in imperio by the founders. Our real republic is our state, our state legislature. Because of the Tenth Amendment, uh, something called the police power of the Tenth Amendment, the 
power to uh, regulate health, safety, welfare, morals, and security, the police power, is left with the states. In Article 1, Section 8, it really stipulates only 16 things that the federal national overarching Congress is allowed to do, and they're very unsexy, amoral, mechanistic things like coining money or coming up with postal roads. So the point is, yeah, Thomas said people don't all think that every bit of morality has to be reflected in every word of legality. So he wasn't saying it was wrong necessarily to outlaw prostitution. He was just saying for different polities, uh, it can be worked differently. In some places, banning uh, more of the uh, things that ought to be morally outlawed might not work and might be counterproductive. And, and we need to remember that today. But when we're talking about pornography, it should, again, it should be banned by the conservative states who want to do so. Contraception, sodomy, gay marriage, definitely abortion. These five things, which are all forced to be legal, L-E-G-A-L, by the 14th Amendment, well, they were forced on the 50 uh, state legislatures who would have made them illegal even, the, the conservative southern ones, not the communist northern ones, right? Um, it, they were forced to be illegal. In other words, they were made illegal to make illegal. And that's what we're saying is definitely wrong. This ought to be an issue of state sovereignty, wherein all the good southern Christian states would certainly make them all illegal again. Well, you know, they say we have the, it was a great point, I was talking to my friends about this kind of issue, and they were making the point that previously to the modern era, they referred to the uh, to the United States as these United States, and now we refer to as the United States. Uh, right. So that's an interesting point. Um, but let's, uh, what about the, in regards to these issues, how can we end up going through and banning it now? Because now people will say you can't legislate morality. Uh, we have freedom of religion. That means we uh, the religion should not be influencing the state. Uh, how, so how does that work exactly? And you mentioned earlier about how states used to have, um, like they had statewide religions. Could you speak on those things? Yeah, state establishments of religion. Just read the First Amendment. It says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, an official state sect of Christianity. Well, even under the First Amendment, after it was ratified, eight of the 13 American states had official state establishments of some version of Protestantism. It could have been Catholicism if we Catholics, we Papists held majority in any one or, or more states. Uh, the 14th Amendment made this illegal too. It, it incorporated the 14th Amendment uh, to, to, you know, the, the Bill of Rights through the work of the 14th Amendment and incorporated that to the states as well, that prohibition, which is really stupid. We were meant to have states that could, could have an official state religion, just not a national religion. So uh, the, the first part of your question is like, look, here's how we could overcome this. What is Texas doing in Roe versus Wade? People, your listeners out there need to become educated on the process of nullification. It's called nullification. Both Jefferson and Madison referred to it. These guys were geniuses. They knew if the National Congress started ever coming over the top, as, as, as Lincoln and the North would uh, around the time of the Civil War and after the Civil War, all the state legislatures had to do, together with state governors, is just refuse to enforce the over-the-top national legislation that was an overreach from the perspective of 
Article 1, Section 8. This is what Texas just did with Roe versus Wade. This is what my new state, I, I newly moved here to Mississippi, did last year uh, in the late part of the year with Roe versus Wade. Now, these cases will be adjudicated soon uh, in December, but they just ignored Roe versus Wade and they made a law against out, uh, really outlawing abortion anyway. So that's the first step toward nullification. Now, full nullification is when, okay, if the Supreme Court came down and upheld Roe, they just said, well, we're not going to enforce it in the state anyway. Who's the primary executive of the state? The governor. Who's the primary leg legislative arm of the state? The state legislature, not Congress. Let them come enforce it themselves. And that's what all the southern states have been doing with Roe. We need to do it with porn, contraception, sodomy, gay marriage as well. And, and, of course, this will lead to... Uh, well, it's somewhat obvious where this will lead, and it's it's good. That's that's high time that uh, states started pushing back against the tyrannical post Civil War federal government. The forces. I, I am glad to see that the states are pushing back on things like abortion or even border control. I mean, just recently, the governor of yeah. Texas sent his own people down to try to enforce border security when the current administration refused, and fifteen thousand people lived under a bridge. You know, that, so we're seeing that. But I somehow doubt. I mean, Ken Paxton was on uh, an interview just this morning. I saw it where he was talking about uh, President Biden's overreaching, forcing the vaccinations of companies. One 100 employees or larger uh, through OSHA. And uh, he was asked, will Texas sue? And he says, we will as soon as the law acts or the, the rules come from OSHA. OSHA hasn't issued anything to this point. So we, I'm glad I see that. That's good. Pushing back from, from the state level on these overreaching issues. But to be honest with you, Tim, with the last couple of minutes on our conversation, I don't think these same states will push back on pornography or contraception, homosexual marriage. I think that the, the there's the society has slipped so far, even among the more conservative and let's say Christian uh, populations of the southern states, that I don't even see them really taking action on those. Do you? Well, remember, it's not society. We're still thinking in that pernicious, poisoned Lincolnian way. It's like uh, I think Adrian pointed out it's societies. There are 50 societies in what, what we're calling American society, there are really 50 republics we're talking about. I mean, we've been poisoned by Lincoln to think the opposite way. Uh, yes, many of these states are, are very anti-contraception. Remember, until the, the Lambeth Conference of 1930, even all Protestants everywhere accepted the ban on contraception. And they still, down here where I live, acknowledge it as a kind of naughty thing so that there would be a real chance for uh contraception especially porn especially sodomy they don't they don't like the homosexualist agenda here where i live now i used to live in california so yes it's a real it's a real chance and the whole point is that you got 50 attempts right to do this at least in some of the states that so it's not society it's societies we need to reclaim this manner of thinking because it's the only true manner of thinking according with subsidiarity. Why do you think Pius IX during the Civil War loved Jefferson Davis and really disliked Lincoln? It's because Lincoln and the overarching North reminded him, Pius IX, of Italian unification. It's, it's not because of slavery. It's because what Jefferson Davis was doing uh, accorded strongly with subsidiarity. I think on general, I would agree with you, but in the specifics of having lived in the South my almost my whole life, 
um, these communities, these people that live here, they may be Christian, uh, but they do not, they do not uh, have the same values when it comes to things like pornography or contraception anymore, let alone gay marriage or some of the other immor- immoralities that uh, pervade our, our communities. And so I just really think that uh, I would love to see subsidiarity become the norm again, but I don't believe or have faith in these local communities really taking action against those issues. I think they've given them a pass by this point. Well, in Mississippi, oh, just to give you a, a bit of the legislative prerogative, you know, they, they disfavor uh, gay marriage, something like 75-25 or 80-20. That's easily enough to, to pass some sort of uh, referendum if, you know, power returned to the states. Yeah, man. I- vote against that well i i would like i would like that to be the case i just i guess i'm a a, a little skeptic about it but i would like it to be this the case and at any rate i like the fact that the states are pushing back and uh and praise be to god for it but timothy gordon thank you for your time today you should check out his website timothygordon.com he's got a, a retrograde classical academy that might be of great service to homeschoolers adults just about anybody check it out timothygordon.com timothy god bless you god love you and have a great day you too thanks a million all right praise be to god that is going to do it for hour number one of catholic drive time if you can join us in the second hour Praise be to God. We're going to play Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have prizes at stake. And you may just learn something that's kind of fun. And don't forget, I'm giving away four free copies of that audiobook narrated by Andy Serkis. Be sure to be on our email list so that you could possibly win. It's a great product. You're going to love it. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT for, uh, to join our email list. And you just click on the link, a CDT Insider email list. grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard the expression, free love? Do you know what it means? It means false love. True love does not want to be free. It wants to bind itself. It wants to give everything and forever. It wants to make a vow, a promise that it will keep. G.K. Chesterton says the man who makes a vow makes an appointment with himself at some distant time or place. The question is, will he keep the vow? That's the adventure. The perils and the punishment must be real. If I bet, I must be made to pay, or there's no poetry in betting. If I challenge, I must be made to fight, or there's no poetry in challenging. And if I vow to be faithful, I must be cursed when I'm unfaithful. Or there's no fun in vowing. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Do you know any Lord of the Rings fans? Well, you could possibly win one of four free downloads of the brand new audiobook narrated by Gollum. Andy Circus himself. I don't think the riders will want to be bothered with me now. Though, of course, the king did say that I was to sit by him when he came to his house and tell him all about the Shire. Yes, said Aragorn, and your road 
lies with him, I think, Mary. But do not look for mirth at the end. If ending. you would like to try to win one of four free copies, downloads of this nearly 23-hour-long production by Andy Serkis, make sure to tune in to our interview with Joseph Pierce on Thursday at 6.30 a.m. Central, and then sign up to our email list on our website. But for myself and any that will go with me, I, for one, cried Legolas, and Gimli with him. You must be on our email list. Sign up at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul. Unquote. God love you, gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. It is good to be on with you. Uh, Welcome back to the program. God is very good. We just wrapped up two uh, conversations last hour, one with Timothy Gordon, uh, on the 14th Amendment and the law of subsidiarity, states' rights. Very interesting conversation. And then Christine, Christine Niles was on in the last hour as well to talk about her brand new spotlight. Very difficult spotlight, but a necessary one. So both of those conversations, I would love to say we will post them to our YouTube channel on Catholic Drive Time, but... YouTube doesn't allow us to post anything at the moment because they don't approve of our conversations. So we will be posting them elsewhere instead, like, for instance, Odyssey, uh, Facebook. I think we're still posting on Facebook. Let that sink in. Hmm. Facebook lets us and YouTube doesn't. Hmm. We're, we're also posting on Rumble. Uh, you can find all the links of where we do post on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But you can also join our email list there as well. And let me give you a compelling reason to do so, because this week I'm giving away four copies of a brand new audiobook by um, uh, recorded books on the Fellowship of the Ring. Do you know any Lord of the Rings fans out there? Have you ever heard of Andy Serkis, the guy who played Gollum or Smeagol in the movies Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit? He also played Snoke in Star Wars. He played Captain Haddock in The Adventures of Tintin, my favorite character from Andy Serkis. But he is well known for Gollum. Well, he has narrated The Fellowship of the Ring, and we are giving away four free copies of it this week. So the way that you can get in on the drawing is to be on our email list. And so if you go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT, you will find a place to click the link. It says CDT Insider Email List. Click that. Sign up today. I will send an email out on Thursday after our conversation with Joseph Pierce about the Catholic faith of J.R.R. Tolkien and whether or not the Catholic lens is the proper lens through which to see the Lord of the Rings. Uh, is it fiction that uh, ought to be avoided? It is, is, is it fiction with a Catholic morality? We're going to have that conversation with Joseph Pierce this Thursday, September the 23rd, and hidden inside that conversation will be the clue that you will need 
in order to win one of four free downloads. So be sure to be on our email list at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Uh, yes. Anything good in the news today? Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, have you heard of the OSV Innovation Challenge before? No. Okay. Well, uh, it's the big, like, uh, headline right now and mm. within, um, I guess, more of a positive outlook in the Catholic Church. Uh, so it's kind of like a Catholic Shark Tank challenge where they, uh, a bunch of uh, wealthy benefactors get together and they try to find the next big Catholic ministry to donate $100,000 um, funds to their um, ministry. And so uh, they just launched their uh, competition um about five years ago, but this year they had three winners, so that's wow. kind of a big news. And they each well, good for them. each of these organizations, Catholic organizations, received one hundred thousand dollars. But OSV Innovation Catholic uh, Challenge, it's huge right now. It's a really big um, movement. Growing. All right. Well, praise be to God. Mm-hmm. Speaking of big movements, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Praise be to God. Absolutely. Did you apply for one of those grants? I did. Uh, they told me uh, that, you know, ha- not having any uh, ideas doesn't uh, qualify you. <laughs> so I just submitted and said, could you give me money? And they said, you have to have an idea. No, I was they like, said, what? call Uncle Sam. That's what they said. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> they said, just call the Uncle Sam. He'll, he'll give you I was, money. I, I told him, I was like, this is, this is discriminatory. I, you're telling me I have to have a good idea in order to enter? Yeah. Mm. And so they, uh, it didn't work out for me. Uh, wow. But what did work out for me was yesterday I had steak again because uh, I had dinner with the uh, the TFP guys in Humble, uh, Texas, and uh, they uh, they made steak. And I was like, mm, yum. Yep. So that was great. Good time. Well, there, there you go. Have a lot of convivium. I still didn't get the text message about the steak. Oh, no, no, no. Mm, you, you, it's in the mail. Is, we, we mailed it to a you. A text message is in the mail? No, no. We, mm, uh, we wrote mm. you a letter, and uh-huh. we put it in the mail, Yeah, and uh, we you sent, sent it via carrier pigeon. <laughs> by, by, by for dinner, pigeon. yeah. For the dinner that day. Uh, you know, and I love dove hunting, so... Oh, speaking of which, mm. how did your dove hunting go, mm. uh, like, uh, what is it, a week ago? Two weeks ago at this point? Well, look at the time. Uh, coming up at 15 past the hour, we have to play Fear and Trembling, and uh, we get to give out prizes this week, so we're super happy about that, so praise be to God. But let's pray, let's Ouch. dive in, and if you can join us at, uh, at in, the se- stop, in the second half of the hour today, we're going to have a full-length after show and uh, we'll talk about whatever is on your heart, your mind, whatever you want to talk about. That's on the agenda. You can just join us one of our live video streams. All of it linked up while you're signing up to the email list at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines with Janice Valenzuela. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, friends. I'm Janice, and here are your headline news for this morning. From Alatia, the OSV Institute for Catholic Innovation has awarded three $100,000 prizes to the winners of the 2021 OSV Challenge, a competition to encourage creative new ideas that will positively impact the Catholic Church 
As with the popular business reality show Shark Tank, contestants have pitched their ideas to a panel of investors. The three winners, Catholic in Recovery, Femme Catholic, and Red Bird Ministries, were announced at the September 18th OSV 2021 Challenge Showcase. Praise God. From Alatia, two sisters hiked 93 miles to the Shrine of Our Lady of Fatima in honor of the 150th anniversary of their religious order's founding. Two sisters left Lisbon, Lisbon, Portugal on July 21st with a layman, Francisco Costco. They covered the 93 miles that separated them from the Shrine of Our Lady Shrine of Our Lady of Fatima in 5 days. From Catholic vote, Pope Francis advanced the sainthood cause of Maria Cristina Cella Mochiline, who sacrificed her life for her child by refusing chemotherapy treatment in order to save the life of her unborn baby. The Lord wanted your birth despite all the problems there were. She wrote in a 1995 letter to her baby before she died at the age of 26. When we found out about you, we loved you and wanted you with all of our heart. From Catholic News Agency, Pope Francis on Saturday greeted the G20 Interfaith Forum being held in Italy. telling participants that true religion consists in adoring God and loving one's neighbor. From Epic Times, nearly 70 missing children have recovered by have been recovered by security forces in Nigerian which dozens of students who were kidnapped by bandits from a school in Nigeria earlier this month have been reunited with their families. The region governors have announced from Catholic News Agency the Papal Foundation has awarded nearly $800,000 in scholarship money to 96 priests, brothers and religious sisters and lay faithful as part of the JP2 Scholarship Foundation. The scholarships will be will be will enable the recipients to study at 16 Catholic universities in Rome. From the Epic Times, a baby girl was born in Singapore weighing the size of an apple. It is believed that she is the world's lightest baby to survive a premature birth and being discharged as healthy. She finally headed home with her grand with her grateful par- parents after 13 months of fighting for her life in the hospital. From Alatia, pro-life organization Live Action has held an annual gala to award three people who have contributed to the pro-life movement. And in among the three chosen uh, award members were Eduardo Verestaki and the the actor of the actor that played Jesus in Chosen. From Epic Times, two North Carolina judge, judges on September 17th struck down a law that required. photo identification to vote saying the measure was enacted with the unconstitutional intent to discriminate against African American voters from epic times the biden administration COVID-19 advisor Anthony Fauci said that the food and drug administration will likely make a decision about mandating children under the age of 12 to receive the vaccine before going back to school in the spring from Catholic news agency on September 11 the archdiocese of Los Angeles began a jubilee year 
forward in mission to mark the 250th anniversary since the opening of the region's first church. The mission of San Gabriel in Los Angeles was founded in 1771 by St. Junipero Serra. An exhibit titled The 250th Year of Mission will be on display at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Angels through September 10th, 2022. To tell the story of the Catholic faith in the region, quote, the church has left us left such an inevitable mark on our culture here from street names, the city names and everything in between in Southern California to our radical charity in the community end quote said Father Parker Sandoval, the vice chancellor of the ministerial services of the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. And these are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed uh, Tuesday. The saint of the day is St. Francis Jacquard. He was born on the 16th of September, 1799 in Onion, France. He studied at the seminary in Milan, the Chambery, and then Chambery in France in 1819. He became a member of the Society of Foreign Missions of Paris, a priest and missionary to Cochin, China in 1824, and Macau in 1825, and Tonkin, not Tolkien, Tonkin in 1826. He was arrested more than once for preaching Christianity, but he was pardoned because of his skill as a translator, which was useful to the king. However, he gained too many converts, and in 1838, he was arrested, tortured, and murdered for his faith. He became one of the martyrs of Vietnam. He was strangled to death on the 21st of September, 1838, in Nao Bao Tri, Indochina, which is modern-day Vietnam. He was canonized on the 19th of June, 1988, by Pope John Paul II. St. Francis Jacquard, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisees saw this and said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He heard this and said, Those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of the words, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Saint Jerome, uh, living in the time of Saint Julian the Apostate, the uh, the emperor who rejected Christianity by having himself baptized in the blood of bulls, um, he he apparently Emperor Julian apparently d- rejected the idea that Matthew or any tax collector would walk away from such a grand post, such a livelihood uh, to uh, to give it all up to become a Christian. And Saint Jerome responded to that. He said, "Quote: They forget also the signs and wonders which had preceded, and which no doubt the apostles had seen before they believed." Yea, the brightness of the effulgence of the hidden Godhead, which beamed from his human countenance, might attract them at first view. For if the lodestone can, as it is said, attract iron, how much more can the Lord of all creation draw himself whom he will? Unquote St. Jerome. It is, uh, I think, a lovely little insight into St. Jerome digging on the Emperor Julian the Apostate there. And no matter how hard Julian tried 
to crush Christianity, it only grew, praise be to God. And he did try. He put up a valiant effort to include setting up five, like uh, what we would call 501c3 nonprofits, charitable works that didn't exist in the pagan world. Emperor Julian had to try to invent it to compete with the Christians who cared for the, the sick, the lame, the infirmed, and, the, and all the rest. So Emperor Julian, uh, golly gee whiz, you should have listened. St. Jerome, pray for us. All right, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back, and we are going to play Fear and Trembling, where we give out prizes, and you don't even need to know the answers to win the game. It's that easy. It's that fun. And uh, the phone number to call is 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Would you call right now and be our contestant? We'll have fun, I promise, and you might win at 877-757-9424 at 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 115 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children develop the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. And the phone lines are wide open. If you've never played before and you would like a chance, it's super fun and easy. Call right now at 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open, waiting for our call to come in at 877-757-9424. 
That's 877-757-9424. Praise be to God. Uh, Looking for our caller at 877-757-9424. Let me tell you how this works uh, while we wait for the phone line to light up. So here's the deal. We have three Catholic trivia questions. Praise be to Jesus. And, uh, and the deal is the listener, the caller does not need to know the answers to win our game. Yeah. They don't have to know a single correct answer and they could still win. It's that much fun. The reason why is because I won't ask them the questions. Instead, I will ask Janice. I will ask Adrian. One of them will be right and the other will be wrong. But we have, we have a secret and hidden agenda here. Okay. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something that you did not know before, and that's good, is it not? Praise be to God. And then we like to have fun, and our listeners, our contestants, they tend to be a really good time. And then, of course, we like to give out prizes, which kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved. Janice, what could they win? This week we have a great sponsor from Catholic the Catholic Gentleman's Store. So they are giving away a coffee mug and a leather patch hat. Uh, one stoneware coffee mug, which is actually not in stock yet. There, It's a pre-order item, so it's a, a, a brand new item worth $30 value. And uh, the Catholic Gentleman Leather Patch Brown uh, khaki hat is $35 valued. So in total, we're looking at $65 dollars in value for this gift uh again it's a coffee mug and a leather patch hat from the catholic gentleman's store all right praise be to god it's going to be fun and uh, we did get some calls god is so very good praise be to god if you don't get on today call back tomorrow you'll have another chance but let's go to the phones daniel good morning to you hi how you doing sir praise be to god i am well and alive and that counts and how about you i'm doing great sir we're grateful for your being on our program today Where, where are you from daniel Originally, I'm from Bolivia, but uh, I live in Northern Virginia. Wonderful. Praise be to God. And where do you go to church? Uh, Holy Spirit. Nice. Yes. Wonderful. I ha- have you been listening to our program, Daniel? Do you know how the game is played? Oh, uh, you know, uh, lately I haven't heard, but, you know, usually you guys have questions. I think two people who say two, what you might call it, uh, they said two things, and I have to pick one. Yes. It, all you need to do is try to decide whom do you trust more, Janice or Adrian, and then uh, and then hopefully we'll go from there. So uh, just sit back and try to listen to Janice and Adrian and decide who is trickier and then choose the opposite. That's, that's your job here at the game. But uh, are you ready to play, Daniel? Yes, sir. All right. Let's do it. We will go to Janice, as is our custom. Janice, are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? As long as you're not tricky. <laughs> <laughs> Me? I'm the only one advocating for the listener. I don't know. Do they have to go to confession after? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, Daniel. Maybe. But let's see. All right, Janice, can you tell me, or rather, can you translate for me the Latin term ad majorum de glorium into English? What does the Latin term ad majorum de glorium mean in English? That would be for the greater glory of God. Because mm. I, I remember seeing that in a movie. Yeah. yeah. I, I can see it. It <laughs> seems to make sense. Uh, let's just get a second opinion here, though. Adrian, uh, can you translate for me the Latin phrase ad majorum dei glorium into English for me? Um, let's see. Ad majorum dei glorium is... 
The glory of God fully alive. The glory of God fully alive. Mm-hmm. Huh, huh. Daniel, this could be tricky, but I will summarize for you. Adrian seems to think that it's the glory of God fully alive, whereas Janice seems to think it is for the greater glory of God. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Daniel, what say you? I will go with the lady today. Nah. <laughs> Survey says... Yes, wise decision, Daniel. <laughs> wise decision. Um, Always listen to the ladies. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. know about that. I don't know about well, that. Our, our lady. Ah, very good. Nice, Sarah. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But it is, in fact, for the greater glory of God. And uh, and I guess I'm I'm saying the J wrong there, Adrian. Yeah, mehorium. Mehorium. Gesundheit. Uh, add mehorium dei glorium for the greater glory of God. Well done, Daniel. You're in the cup. You could win. Praise be to Jesus. Let's see if we can't double your chances, though. We're going to stick with Latin on this next one, though, Uh-oh. Daniel. And uh, okay. here, here we go. Uh, we're going to go to Adrian this time. Adrian, what is the Latin term for the period of time between the death of a pope mm-hmm. and the election of his successor? So as soon as the, the pope dies and before they elect the next one, what do we call that period of time? The the official name for that period of time? The Latin name. The Latin name for that period of time. Yeah. That would be a period of sedevacantism. Sedevacantism. Mm-hmm. Mm, I see where you're going with that. The chair is empty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's see what Janice has to say here. Janice, uh, tricky question, but can you give me the Latin term for the period of time between the death of a pope and the election of his successor. What do we call that in Latin? Mm, that would be the inter interregnum. The interregnum. Ooh, this is tricky, Daniel. Um, okay, so here's the deal, uh, Daniel. Janice. Yeah. She thinks she she says it's the interregnum period, whereas Adrian seems to think it's called set of a contism, or what did you call it, Adrian? Set of a, yeah, I said a period of set of a contism. A period of set of a contism. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. It is a super tricky question, Daniel, but who do you think is right? Who do you think is wrong? What say you? I would say, I would go with Janice again. Oh, you're going to go with Janice? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to tease him a little bit. <laughs> wow. Yes, of course you are right. Uh, Adrian is wrong. And we have said that publicly now. I mean, am I actually wrong? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. technically speaking, it is a period of set of a contest. Daniel, do you see how tricky Adrian was there? Like he was, <laughs> yeah, he, used the he is trying to be as close to the right answer as he possibly can. Yeah, technically speaking, the period mm. when the Pope dies and the election next Pope is a period of set of a conte, meaning the seat is vacant because there is no Pope whenever the Pope is dead. True. However, it was interregnum. Is <laughs> the interregnum is the right answer? But Daniel, you have survived the two trickiest questions. I got to say, this last one super easy. Super. How do you feel, Daniel? Oh, great! I think God. this next one's the hardest. By the honest. way, wasn't our question about Daniel yesterday? Yes. About the meaning of the name Daniel. It was. Uh, what a what a small world. All right, Daniel. Third question. Uh, you might get a perfect score what, here. What does it mean? Here we go. God We're, is my strength. Yes, God is my oh. strength. We're going to go back to uh, is, Janice. Is that Daniel? Or, I thought that was uh, Gabriel. Oh, Gabriel. I thought you said Daniel. Yeah, Daniel. God is my strength. 
All right, Janice, can you tell me which evangelist was a physician? That would be Luke. Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what his specialty was? Uh, being caring for the sick. I was going to say heart doctor. <laughs> He's concerned with the heart. The same. Okay, Adrian, can you tell me which evangelist was a physician? Well, we just read it in the scripture earlier. It's uh, Matthew. Matthew? Yeah. Uh, and what was his specialty? His specialty was the heart. He was a heart doctor. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so, Daniel... Uh, should here, read the Bible more. I should, shouldn't I? Uh, Daniel, here's the deal. Um, out of the four evangelists, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, one was a physician. Adrian seems to think it was Matthew, whereas Janice seems to think it was Luke. 15 seconds on the clock. Who was right? Who was wrong? Daniel, what say you? I, I would say uh, Matthew to see Dr. Luke. Say that again? I would say Dr. Luke. Luke, Dr. Luke. I like Dr. that. Dr. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Daniel, you were actually right. Uh, your name, Daniel, actually means God is judge, and they were wrong. No, it, it, it also means God, God is, is my strength. Well, if you also look it up, Gabriel does mean God is my strength. So mm. technically, I think the one that we had on the board yesterday was, uh, it, it read, God is my judge. So... There we go. We'll look yeah. it up, Daniel. Don't worry. <laughs> but you get a perfect score today. Praise be to God, Daniel. Well done. You are in the cup for three chances to win this week's prize. You'll have to tune back in on Friday morning to see if it be God's will that your name, Daniel, is pulled from the coffee cup and you are given the prize. But we are grateful to have played the game with you, Daniel. Thank you for your time today. We're going to put you on hold, but God love you and God bless you. Have a great day. And to you guys. Thank you. All right. Praise Bye. be to Jesus. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show today. If you are at all able to join us in the after show, we would love to hang out with you just beyond one of our live video feeds. Make sure you're on our email list if you would like to win one of four free downloads of the Andy Circus audiobook, The Fellowship of the Rings. If you're Lord of the Rings fans, this is big. So go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT to sign up to our CDT insider email list so you could possibly win. On uh, Friday morning, praise be to God. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus. Welcome to the After Show, where we get a little bit more casual about our conversations. And we talk to you about uh, whatever you would like to talk about. Praise be to God. You get to drive the conversation. All you got to do is comment. And if you've never commented before, well, can I tell you, we lavish extra love on new commenters. First-time commenters get a little extra attention from us. So be sure to comment and let us know if you're a first-time commenter by telling us, hey, I'm brand new here, or like, uh, I'm first-time, or something like, hey, uh, I've never done this before, something like that. That'd be awesome. We love it. Praise be to God. And let us know like where you're from, like uh, you know, what part of the world you're in. 
we love to see the locations of our our fans, our listeners. We and we love it that you're here. Praise be to God. There's a core group of listeners that are here almost every day. We call those the CDT insiders, and uh, we love hanging out with them. So uh, make sure you comment and let us know where you're from. Praise be to God. Uh, let's see here. I want to say, Paul, good morning to you from Buffalo. Good to chat with you, Paul. Paul always chats on our website, which I love, at uh, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Um, very grateful for his comments there, and he's been listening uh, this morning and commenting quite a bit there. So that's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Of course, uh, normally Mike is hanging out with us uh, on Odyssey. I don't see Mike today, though. He must be busy. I'm sure he'll be back tomorrow over on Odyssey. But Test commented. Is that you, Adrian? Are you the Test over on Odyssey? I am not. Uh, well, Test, good morning to you, Test. Uh, Test is a brand new commenter, so they deserve some love. What do you say? Yes. Amen, Test. God love you. Amen. Praise be to God. God love you. Uh, praise be to God. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Who else is on? Uh, one second. Let's see. We have uh, Buddy is on, and uh, let's see, Patty's on. Well, she was on. Michelle is on. Uh, you know, Patty goes off to mass. Josh, uh, Gloria, and Lori, and Don. I think that was it for today. A smaller crowd today. Yeah, praise be to God. I'm not sure, but uh, let's see who else. Uh, Jesus, we haven't seen Jesus yet this morning. Michelle, Vaughn, you mentioned her, and Patty. Um, God is very good. Um, buddy, buddy, buddy was like, aren't you a Marine? Don't you know how to shoot? Yes, yes, buddy. Yes. In fact, I'm a pretty decent shot, really. Um, shooting is generally not an issue. according to him. Shooting is generally not an issue for me. It's having the birds to shoot at is my biggest problem. <laughs> I need more birds to shoot at. Uh, two birds and two trips is not enough birds to really, uh, to really have a, a good test. A good base baseline so i don't know this whole dove hunting thing is not, not starting out very good for us it would love to uh i'd love to experience dove hunting in its full glory but who can afford to go to argentina where there's billions of birds to shoot at uh let's see here tammy good morning to you colin good morning to you jeff burrier and the burrier family praise be to god good morning tammy says uh joe for those who don't win a copy of the Audible, I just got all three Lord of the Rings books and The Hobbit. You have to search by Andy Serkis. It was divine inter intervention. I had the points. Yes, praise be to God. That's awesome, Tammy. Um, super cool. We're only giving away the Fellowship of the Rings, so it's only the first version as far as I can tell. 23 hours, though. It's huge. It's pretty long. That is long. You could watch it. You should listen to the whole thing in a day, though. You could. I tend to listen to audiobooks in like 1.5 speed. However, a book like this, to really uh, appreciate the uh, Andy Circus, you know, effort, you probably got to listen to it in normal speed. He puts a lot of effort into it. <laughs> it's good. Um, Josh Noel. Good morning, Adrian. Making it extra tricky this morning. He was, wasn't he? Extra tricky. Trying so, to be as super precise and not wrong as he possibly could. Set of a contism. No fun stuff. Uh, but it's true. It is a fact, a period of set of a contism. Yeah, it's true. Technically speaking. So, all right. I pulled the card from yesterday on, uh, on, the, on the question from yesterday's trivia game on the, on the question of Daniel. The question was... 
give the Hebrew name meaning, quote, God is my judge, unquote. And the answer was Daniel. Mm, that's right. So you're right. It is God is my judge. God is my judge. Yeah. So G- Gabriel means God is my strength. Ah. So he was right. Uh, Daniel was correct about the name of Gabriel. Daniel knew his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great name, by the way. Um, praise be to God. Paul. Um, I remember that because um, when I think it was Adrian that chose the right answer, I was like, okay, what am I going to choose? And I, I thought, I think I chose Gabriel because mm. I was like, oh, maybe I'll just switch it up. Instead of God is my judge, I'll say, I'll, I'll say God is my strength, which is Gabriel. Mm. Um Mary, good morning to you. And David L., good morning from uh, from New Hampshire. Hey, David, have the trees begun to uh, change colors up there yet? What I mean, October mean? is generally the time, like the sweet spot. What do you, what do you mean, change um, color? When, when, tr- when leaves start leaves. to become orange I, and I've yellow. I've never seen that happen before. Yeah. Um, it happens like once every three years for <laughs> like two weeks and then it's you gone. You <laughs> live sheltered lives. You know, I'll never sheltered. forget. I'll never forget the time <laughs> I was in the Marine Corps and I was home on leave. And I was in, I was in a part of uh, Indiana and I was bored. And so I went out. I just went to town in this small, very small town, middle of nowhere, Indiana. And then the payphone rang near where I was walking by. So I answered the payphone. And it was some young people, and they were bored, too. And they're like, hey, you want to come hang out? I'm like, sure, where you at? And so I came and hung out with these strangers. And I'll never, I'll never forget that these young people said to me they had never seen the ocean. And I, That's so sad. And I just sat there, <laughs> and what's I an, thought... What's an ocean? I just sat there and thought, you've <laughs> never seen an ocean before. Uh, like, mm-hmm. the, it just struck me as so tragic. That I'm confused. You, that <laughs> to behold the ocean is to behold God's beauty and grandeur and what? his his goodness <laughs> what's an ocean i feel the same way about the foliage of uh, of the fall oh i new seen, england yeah i've mm. seen i've seen beautiful falls i'm yeah. I'm, I'm referring to houston i know you are yeah so For, is he referring but, to houston i don't know all, i have no idea yeah. what you're talking here about. in houston you probably see it like it's in glorious when spots. you go to places <laughs> like new york or uh, new mm. england places like that where they get that super crisp october freeze which causes the leaves to start to die which causes them to change colors come on man and then they're bright and they're vibrant and the it's just oh i mean it's just amazing ouch yeah it's very good uh, although I'm david going, says he's in the southern part of the state so I'm, another few weeks before he sees peak colors that's awesome i'm going to north carolina at the end of this month and uh i i've been told that they have like the best um fall foliage is it called foliage 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 uh, There's no in possibility the US. of that. No possibility. Here in the U.S., nope. at least one Sorry. of the best. <laughs> You're being lied to. You're being lied to. If you to. Google it, it's, I would it's like in the top ten. <laughs> a retraction from whoever said that to you. I would. I would send my attorney after them because you're being lied to. New Hampshire clearly, right, David L. Clearly has the greatest fall foliage on, on planet Earth. Houston has the greatest <laughs> fall foliage. <laughs> Does Houston have foliage? I'm just curious. Uh, I, I don't the even grass know. is foliage. Uh huh. Sure it is. Uh, mm-hmm. I I saw you uh you you put a, a mean face on uh, OSV on the television. Yeah, I don't I don't like our, our Sunday visitor. I don't like the hit job that they took out on Guadalupe Radio Network last year. So they're not they're not friends of mine. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they were very quick to uh, to take out the bat and start swinging on GRN last year uh, when they didn't even know the facts. And even when the facts became uh, clear, they still didn't retract or 
or change their tune. They just kept swinging. So, God love OSV, but I'm not a fan. Uh, David L. says, absolutely. I'm guessing he means that New Hampshire is the greatest uh, fall foliage on planet Earth. Bar none, hands down. No second places. Right, David? Come on, man. Uh, Eric Rodriguez says, good morning, CDT team. I'm here in the back background listening. <laughs> Colin. What are we talking about? How's it going, my friend? Praise be to God. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, did you? Oh, did you guys see... Don said, you haven't seen the ocean until you've seen it on a destroyer in the North Atlantic, 35 to 40 feet swells. Yeah, I would say you're right. <laughs> you win. <laughs> you win. The closest I've come to that was not in the Atlantic, though. I did go deep sea fishing out in the Atlantic, and that was a lot of fun. Um, but I, when I was in the Marine Corps, I took a hovercraft out to sea and, uh, and boarded a frigate out on the ocean and got sick as a dog in the process. But that was a lot of that was fun. And then, of course, when I was uh, in the Naval Sea Cadets, I did uh, work with the small boathouse uh, for the Coast Guard in Honolulu, and we would have to go rescue uh, Army guys uh, on the ocean running run out running out of gas while on a fishing trip, and we'd have to go out there and drop flares from C one thirties and haul them back. And we had about twelve foot swells. That made me sick as a dog too. I haven't seen any. I don't, I, I don't even know if I've actually. Like, I was joking, but at the same time, I wasn't actually joking. <laughs> like, I've seen the ocean because I flew over it. Well, you've been to Galveston, right? Yeah, that's okay. the Gulf of Mexico. It's, well, count. it's at least something. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you've never seen water before, that'd be, that'd be shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a pretty something, but it's something. <laughs> I don't know if that counts. It, it, uh, sure it does. Now, Janice, you lived in California, so the Pacific mm-hmm. Ocean is quite lovely. Yes, it's the, very beautiful. Is that which which ocean? The specific ocean? The specific yeah, ocean. My, is that different? Like, there's different specific. Like, which specific? Specificity. <laughs> We're specifying which ocean, right? My yes. my okay. father-in-law bought a beach house close to uh, Imperial Beach and wow. um, uh, El Coronado Island. Sure, so, where the seals are. Yeah. So yeah. we uh, we we uh, he we went in May. Um, we went for two weeks. My husband and I. To go visit my father-in-law, and uh, we—he uh, took us like on a bike ride to the Pacific Ocean, and it was so Gorgeous. awesome. Yeah, like it's I loved beautiful. it. Yeah, yeah. and I, I did a biking pro- pilgrimage from uh, a Catholic bike. Uh, uh, it was called Bike for the Unborn, mm-hmm. and we biked from um, from L.A. to Santa Barbara and then back, and we we drove throughout the entire Pacific Coast. Yeah. So on our left side, you know, with our bikes, we could see the view of the beautiful ocean. And then it was just, yeah, yeah that was probably one of the best uh, pilgrimages I've ever, yeah. actually probably the only pilgrimage I've ever attended. Well, I've, I've attended others, but this one was very unique in that it wasn't by bus or walking. It was by mm. bike. And um, we got the best view which I, is the ocean. <laughs> I love Huntington Beach out in California. I spent a lot of time there in the, when I was in the Marine Corps station at uh, Tustin Marine Corps Air Station. Uh, very nice place. Except for I, I always had struggles with people from California. <laughs> uh, I always felt like they were too snobby. And That's so funny because I've, well, I guess maybe the circles that I've been in California, but I've actually met so many conservative really in orthodox catholic sure. no not in escondido um, not like in Santa Ana. actually no in, a, in imperial beach um my father-in-law's neighbor was a former um it's like literally like military land sure and like the entire neighborhood had like a bunch of american flags 
and our our neighbor uh or his my my father-in-law's neighbor he he came over and he was like super patriotic and was talking to us about all the um i think he was i think he was in the navy and he told us about stories about about iraq and like the the things that he had uh, had gone through yeah so i personally have met a lot of patriotic people uh really good families um it's it's really unfortunate though because I think it's just the political atmosphere that makes it come off as liberal. Um, yeah. But the well, actual citizens themselves, like I've I met, met great so many people, especially yeah. like in the Escondido area. We'll, we'll find yes. out pretty soon once uh, the real election results come out from California. Good we'll luck. Know. <sighs> fraudulent, luck. probably fraudulent election. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm Unfortunately, Good luck. yeah, I don't I don't believe any of it. Yeah. Uh, I just saw, I just saw this. It's so funny, Father Patty who is uh, obviously not a very good priest, said, <laughs> don't want to sound repetitive, but I, if I can bless cars, fields, tractors, but am prohibited from blessing humans full of love and integrity because of their sexuality or marital status, is bizarre, out of touch, and deeply discriminatory. Love is love. Okay. And Father Thomas Crean, mm-hmm. a Dominican friar, uh, teaches uh, a professor, I forget where he teaches, I think he teaches the Angelicum. <laughs> he said... <laughs> Because it's not a sin to be a tractor. <laughs> well, okay. For starters, I mean, it, it requires it has to be a John Deere. Uh, you can't bless a tractor that's not a John no, Deere. No, you can bless any it's tractor. Very, no, you can't. It's any it's clear tractor can be blessed in the Book of Blessings. It has to be a John Deere. So, just saying. So there are there are stipulations, Father. But uh, there are distinctions that, that need to be made. Uh, by the way, Mike has joined us. Praise be to God. Says a good, good morning. He needs to catch up. Eastern Tennessee, he says, is beautiful. He says he does like New Hampshire, Vermont as much, though. And uh, he says the drive from Coos Bay, Oregon, to Olympia, Washington, is stunning. And I would have to agree. I would love to. Ma- I would love to make that drive someday. Uh, that part of the world is actually very, very gorgeous. I, though I've only flown in there and flown out. I've never. I never spent any time up there. Oregon is a gorgeous state. At least everything. East of Portland is gorgeous. We'll just say it that way. Um, Portland, by by nature of its politics, not so gorgeous. Uh, sorry, Joe, that's discriminatory. What what was discriminatory, Lori? What did I do now? And why are you hanging out with Adrian so much that you're already biased against me? Speaking of biased against you, um, the I was thinking about it. I think Janice is right. The uh, can we put that on a button? No, no, not, 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 only you, only me, only you. Uh, but the um, I think California might. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like mm-hmm. thinking about it, mm-hmm. and I keep thinking of like all the different times. Like I'm thinking of whenever they put up homosexuality for a vote, it pa- it got knocked down three times, and so it, they literally put up same sex marriage up California, for a vote in California. California three times voted to block same sex marriage. That's what I'm saying. And they Three were just times. overturned by judges. By, exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's like, my point. It's like, it's like the like, Congress people. Yeah, like yeah the, people the people in charge are wicked. They're horrible. But, the, uh, but they, it seems mm-hmm. like the people are at least fairly reasonable. They might not be like yeah. Texans, but they yeah. are, uh, it seems I like, like they're like more their, reasonable. Their voices are being overpowered by these political people in power. And they then are. the other thing is that I've noticed that it's kind of like, you know, when you're a sheep among wolves, you're for, you're, you're, you're forced to like become like stand up for yourself even more. So for example, like if I, you know, I feel like a Catholic can become lukewarm when 
everything is just super happy go lucky and, and there's no conflict there's no problems but if you're a sheep in the midst of wolves you you're actually forced to like stand up for yourself and defend yourself um for example like i think of like you know my husband uh he he went he, for a time he went to a community college and as a devout Catholic himself, he actually had to fight for his faith in his philosophy classes yeah. because he was being, you know, uh, indoctrinated with all these like liberal ideologies. But he stood up for his faith. Um, but when you're when everything is like given to you, spoon fed to you, you're not necessarily inclined to like fight for it. Um, and so I feel like. The Catholic people that I've met in California have been forced to get out of their comfort zone and fight for their faith. Yeah, I see that for um, sure. Whereas, like when you're when everything's just cozy and happy, then you're like com- you just become like you know content and comfortable. And there's not- no way Mike is right. Mike says California has the largest gun owning population in the country as well. I think it is a San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco overrides the rest of the state. I don't know about that. I don't know. What? <laughs> There's no way. I probably believe There's San no Diego. Way. I believe San Diego just because of, of the military. Texas? That's what um, I'm saying. Have you heard of Fort Hood, Fort Sam Houston? I mean, we have uh, mil- so many military bases in this state alone, let alone every redneck in the country uh, living in our backyard with so, about an arsenal of guns. I looked it up. And California, there are 344,622 registered guns. Way more than I thought it would be, but Texas has 588,696 guns. How many does New York have? New York, let's see. By the way, let me read this real quick while you're looking that up. Paul uh, from Buffalo, commenting on our website, says, Lucky me went on my first full cruise October, the, uh, October 2012. Why would you do that? Didn't you know the Aztec calendar 2012, the world was going to come to an end, and you go on a cruise, Paul? Lit. Oh, my. Wouldn't you know Hurricane Sandy, crews did not stay on itinerary. We went into the Gulf for safe harbor and to Mexico. We had 12-foot seas while on east coast of Florida, leaving Miami. Told a Coast Guard find, told a Coast Guard friend about that. He said the worst he had been in was 30-foot seas. He said everyone was sick, sick, sick. Yay, and I got sick as a dog on 12-foot swells, so... I can't imagine 30-foot swells. That seems rather crazy. New York only has 76,000. That's it? That's it. Wow. Almost nothing. Not a lot. Florida has 343. uh, Louisiana has 116. So California is like second, actually. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Well, Uh, our guest guest from today was living in Southern Southern California. Well, Um, Timothy Gordon, he's from Texas, though. Hmm. Yeah, is he? So, for, is he? I, yeah, he was born and raised in Texas. <clears throat> was he really? Yeah. Why did he move to Mississippi? Uh, well, he moved to California. I don't know why he moved to California, but he moved to Mississippi. I don't know why he moved to Mississippi after uh, maybe in laws. Maybe in laws. I have no idea. Could be. Could I think. Be. I think he. Uh, he mentioned that he moved because of just um, the political atmosphere right, but in why, California. Why? Why Mississippi, Mississippi and not Texas? Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> have you seen Mississippi? I'm just saying. I've never, yeah, I've never it looks been like, to Mississippi. It looks so. like I'm looking at all the different states, and California is the second. That's crazy. Right yeah. after Texas. That, that I, blows I be- my mind. That blows my mind, too. I, be- I believe probably San Diego is probably the the most uh, state, the, the state that has the most uh, probably guns. because of, San Diego? Yeah, because of the Navy SEAL base there. Like Honestly, like I've met so many patriotic people 
uh, more like more patriotic or just mm. very patriotic people in California. So like America, like the day America. when I went in May, there was like millions of American flags and everybody's like front door. And mm. I was like, wow, this is. But the thing is that mainstream media won't report that, you know, mainstream media won't report that California residents are patriotic. Um, they only feed you what they want you to think of, of, of that particular state. I don't know. I think everybody in California eats grass and lattes. That's <laughs> probably accurate. Pretty sure. Don't, here the, don't fact check me. Just take my word for it. So here are the top 10 states by percentage of gun ownership. Montana is number one. Ha! I believe that. I believe that too. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Texas is even in the top. Is not even in the top ten. Even though we have the fake news, everybody. This has got to be fake Fake news. news. Even though we have the most guns, we do not have it. We're not in the top ten, the highest gun ownership rate. So how do we have the most guns that we probably because everybody has ten guns? (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm sorry. We're talking about our bug out stash. We've included that number (laughs) that we don't technically (laughs) own. Right? Exactly. What bug out stash? All of my guns fell to the bottom of the lake as I was crossing. I have no guns. I have no guns. I have no bug out stash. Nada. Nothing. Alaska (laughs) is number three. I'm surprised by that too. Uh, having been to Alaska a few times, that surprises me. Well, I there's think- only 10 people, and six people have guns. <laughs> so that's 60% of the population. So this is a per capita thing going on. So there I you go. It. I got it. Uh, Hawaii has uh, the... Least. Holy moly, the least. second least. Second least. No, has- that's not surprising. New York is the least. That yeah, is, that's who is number one? Uh, New York. Has at least oh, I well, mean, like who has the most? Think Montana. A, think about oh, this: right. the colonial days or pre-colonial days, or not pre-colonial, but pre-American days in New York. Every house had a gun. Every single house, without fail, would have had a gun um, in New York. Now look at them. Oh, my mistake. I misread this. Okay, that surprised me, and is because I misread it. New York is the only other state with gun ownership less than twenty percent at nineteen point nine percent, but. New Jersey has a lowest go gunnership rate of fourteen point seven percent. That makes sense. Mm. Okay, and Hawaii is at fourteen point nine, so they're point two higher than New Jersey and Massachusetts and Rhode Island, who has fourteen point eight. But what's Texas? Someone show me Texas. I want to know gun ownership rate in Texas is forty five point seven percent. So four out of ten people you meet in Texas have a gun. Mike says there are 392,273,257 unregistered firearms in the USA. Nice. And that's just the stash here in Texas. That's just a stash in my backyard. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's right. yeah. For legal purposes, that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> we are just kidding, people. I can't take a joke. Have you ever watched uh, Demolition Ranch? <laughs> of course. I love that show. It was uh, about a couple of months ago. He did a video. He had promised his viewers that if they reached a certain milestone, I think it was like a million viewers or a million subscribers. I don't remember. Uh, he's got, I don't know how many he's got. He's got a bunch. And he promised he would show them every gun he had. And so he laid out all of his. Ten years later, they finished the video. <laughs> he, he laid out all of his guns on like, you know, seven six foot long tables. I mean, he's got an arsenal for crying out loud. And at the end of the video, he, he, uh, he had all of his guns packed into a boat. And he said, oh, I'm going to go take these to be clean now that we've shot them. And he's rowing across the, the, the ocean and then the, the boat capsizes. Like, oh, darn. <clears throat> Lost all my guns at the bottom of a, of a lake. 
What guns? I have none. Yeah. Uh, Mike says, I laugh. I hear the media report that someone has an arsenal of five firearms and a thousand rounds of ammo. <laughs> right. That is a good day at the range. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, which I was <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, you made me just think of something. So when I was in the Marine Corps, I read the memoirs of the man who founded the uh, SEAL Team 6, um, uh, Dick uh, Marchinko. And uh, he, he was, he was uh, taken to court after he got out of the Navy, and uh, the charges were that his team kept government-issued gear for themselves, and so they put him in prison. Uh, he ended up, uh, he upset a lot of people because he also formed a group called Red Cell, and they, uh, anyway, long story short, I remember l- reading his memoir and uh, about how he formed SEAL Team 6 and how when they first started the unit, they had trouble actually getting the ammunition necessary to become proficient in, in marksmanship. So they used BB guns for a while just to uh, just to kind of crank things up until eventually they were able to get the budget necessary to have the ammunition necessary to shoot as often as they needed to to become experts. And now they shoot uh, the SEAL Team Six alone shoots more rounds every year than the entire Marine Corps. Wow! So interesting story. But and now think about that in terms of the ammunition shortage this last year. Good grief! Couldn't find ammunition to save our lives. I didn't see that guy. I was so, so I walked into that so naive last year. I was going hunting and I needed to stop and get some rounds. And I'm like, where, where is everything? <laughs> Do you not read the news? Of there's a shortage. I'm like, good grief. You know what's funny? It's looking at the statistics on the gun ownership thing. Is that the second country? And so the U.S. obviously has the most guns of any country in the world. But guess how many the second has in comparison by percentage? Uh, the second country in the world with the most not, guns? Not which country, but what percentage of our guns do they have? So, okay, repeat your question. I don't. So I we have X amount of guns. Uh-huh. What percentage does the second highest number have of us? So, if, for instance, if we have 10 and another country has 5, they have 50% of us. What percentage does the country after us have? 25%. 25%? Janice, what do you think? Mm, I'd say 20, 10%. 10%. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all overshot it, so now it's not going to be as impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, 55%. Oh. Yeah, the, 55% the, of what we have. Uh, right. And so we have 120, uh, we have 120.5, for one gun per 120.5 people, the next highest is Falkland Islands and has 62.1. So it's almost exactly half. Uh, in terms of per capita. And then in terms of sheer numbers, it's like just not even, it's like 200 million or something like that. Like we have 200 million more than the second highest in terms of just number. So there you go, folks. Did you change the badge of GRN? No. Why is there funky characters there? What do you mean? I'm just seeing this funky looking characters. I don't, I don't even know what that is. At first I thought that was Arabic, but it it's probably not. I don't know what it is. I'm gonna Where? If, on GRN's Facebook page, on like you you responded to Buddy, uh, he said, "Don't trust him." Mm. What I see there is some funky looking characters. Uh, not on my end, I don't see it. I'm take a screenshot. A, I'm screenshotting yeah. it just so you can see it for yeah. yourself. That's weird because I didn't do anything. Wild stuff. That's um, super strange. Hold on. I need to. I need to like. No, darn it! I'm trying to highlight it. So that you can see what I see. You can see what I see. Mike says 33 million guns in California versus 22 million in Texas. What? 
No way. Are you making stuff up again? That's man. not true, Mike. That's not true. It's impossible. Are, are, are you been listening Cite to the press your secretary? Press secretary's been talking to you again. I want to see your source. <laughs> I need to see that number. All right, I'm just putting it into the uh, the chat there at okay, the back end, see. so you can see what I see. But it's maybe maybe it's funky. also like a lot of my family, or a lot of my family in California, they're mm-hmm. in law enforcement. Uh, so maybe that also plays. Yeah, like, but we have of, law enforcement where's too. Where's Florida on the list? Tammy's asking. Uh, Florida is three hundred forty-three thousand registered guns. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. No, no slouch. There, there's no Texas slouch. is five hundred eighty-eight, but you know. Yeah. Well, we now we need to have a round count. Like, I want to know how many five-five-six rounds, how many nine-mil rounds are out there. Forty-five. That'd be nice. Sort of the mainstay rounds. No, I'm glad they don't know these things. Yeah, and they don't need to know. Well, all you know, I, thankfully the legislation has not gone through. But they proposed one of the first things proposed under the Biden administration was gun. Uh, Gun laws that would require you to inform ATF of how many guns, what type, how many rounds you have, where in your house they are stored and located. They have to be serialized and everything. I mean, just a lot. Thankfully, that did not go through. Thankfully, that did not go through. At any rate, praise be to God, everybody. Thank you for hanging out. Be sure to uh, come back tomorrow. We're going to have Luke Sheehan on from, uh, we're going to talk about freedom of decentralization. And then Thursday, Joseph Pierce, and we're going to do the giveaway on on, uh, Thursday night. I'll send the email out on the giveaway instructions, so be sure to tune in for that, for the downloads of the audiobook, Fellowship of the Ring. God love you, everybody. We appreciate you hanging out. Please do us a favor and share us with a friend. I'd be grateful to you. Like, subscribe, share, all of that. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you back here tomorrow. joining us.